0: Okay, Um, reindeer hoofs are getting closer, and uh, so is the end of Revelation. Uh, Thank goodness, right? This is chapter 15, so we'll make this, um, come follow me, week 51a. So, here we go. Then I saw another portent in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last. For with them the wrath of God is ended. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of, of God in their hands and they sing the song of Moses the servant of God and the song of a lamb now in my view this is um, this is the same thing we had in chapter four um, only now it's it's realized the sea of glass that uh, that section seventy seven uh, talked about the earth in its final finalized state. Here's the song, uh, which is uh, verse three still. Great and amazing are your deeds, Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your judgments have been revealed. After this, I looked, and the temple of the tent... Of witness in heaven was opened. This is a curious um, phraseology, right? The temple of the tent of witness, the tent of witness. That's the that's the Ohal Moed. This is the the tabernacle, right? So it's like a tabernacle in heaven. I think that's figurative, of course, like everything else here. Um So the doors of the the, the of the celestial temple are opened, uh, and carried on now, verse six. And out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues, robed in pure bright linen with golden sashes across their chest. And we know by now, what is this? They're clothed as priests. Okay. Um, uh, verse seven Then one with the, uh, then one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls, full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God, and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues the seven angels were ended. This imagery, of course, as we've seen this before already, of the temple and the tabernacle filled with the glory of God, the Shekhinah, at the dedication, which was a sign of God's acceptance of them. Same thing at Kirtland. Okay? So, um, this, this works out to be something like the offering of the sanctified is accepted, and then the judgment is poured out. Isn't this kind of the pattern, the, the harvest of the just, and then comes the destruction of the wicked, right? So the sacrifice of the just is, is, um, is accepted, and then the plagues are poured out. Um, we see this tons. The, the Christians could no longer live in Jerusalem. They had to go across the Jordan to Pella, and then uh, the Romans uh, surrounded, sieged, and sacked the city with you know, tens of thousands um, murdered. Uh, The Civil War. I think we mentioned all these things before. The American Civil War. The saints are expelled, and then the punishment comes. Chapter 16. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured his bowl on the earth, and a foul and painful sore came on those who had the brand of the beast and who worshipped its image. The second angel poured his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse. And every living thing in the sea died. Every living thing, that's dramatic. Verse 4. And the third angel poured his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. So these are all kind of similar to the ten plagues of Moses, right? Uh, They didn't just look like blood with food coloring. You know, it made people sick, right? Verse 5. And I heard the angel of the waters say, You are just, O holy one, who are and were. For you have judged these things, because they shed the blood of the saints and prophets. You have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. In, in this, this is a, this is a really important verse because it shows that even the angels that are carrying out this will, they're not just slaves, they're not just automatons, they're not just robots. They have feelings, and here's the here is the feeling of this angel expressed, symbolic of of the servants of God, whether they're celestial beings or earthly beings, um, we are not happy. <laughs> we are not happy for the plagues that are poured out on the unrighteous. We wish the righteous would just join with us, be forgiven of all the horrendous, horrific things that they've done, and then we could live in peace, and they could live. We'd ha- we'd be happy to have them in heaven with us in glory. We'd happily have that if they if they could repent, and it could be safe to live with them, etc., like that, right? And so the angel, you can tell, he doesn't like what he's having to do here, right? But he has to admit, as we all will god has done right when we see all that has gone into this uh, earth experience we will all proclaim we'll all bend the knee and uh, and say that god has done right verse 7 and i heard the altar respond yes o lord god the almighty your judgments are true and just <laughs> The fourth angel poured his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, but they cursed the name of God, who had authority over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in agony and and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and sores, and they did not repent of their deeds um, do we see this kind of thing in history? Certainly, we do, and we'll certainly see it again, probably worse than ever, with the kinds of um, oh, crazy, uh, <clears throat> crazy values that people in our day are are brought up on. Um, that uh, that we become more hardened, more vicious. Right. Verse twelve. The sixth angel poured his bowl on the great river Euphrates. Remember, this is the symbol of. Uh, is the symbol of the, the waters of chaos, right? The tahom. and its water was dried up in order to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw three foul spirits like frogs coming from the mouth of the dragon, from the mouth of the beast, and from the mouth of the false prophet. And, and by the way, the, the the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet—in a way, they they make kind of a um, they make kind of a false trinity, right? I think they're kind of set up as a false trinity uh in in this um in this vignette here. Uh 14. These are demonic spirits performing signs who go who go abroad to the kings of the whole world, to assemble them for for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. See, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and is clothed. Um yeah, not not going about naked and exposed to shame. Uh, Blessed is he who stays awake and is clothed. Uh, consider for a moment what Adam is told uh, about waking up uh, and number two um, the 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 phrase uh, is clothed really is who keeps his robes I meaning he doesn't put them off right um there's a um, there's a broad symbolism to this and there's a frightening specific symbolism to this too let us not put off those robes of our covenant 16. And the demonic spirits assembled the kings at the place that in Hebrews is called Harmagedon. 17. The seventh angel poured his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. And there came flashes of lightning, rumbling peals of thunder, and a violent earthquake, such as had not occurred since people were upon the earth, so violent was the earthquake. The great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. God remembered great Babylon and gave her the wine cup of the fury of His wrath. Now remember the time that that um, Revelations is being written. Babylon's going to be a synonym uh, in, in all kinds of ancient writings for Rome. Um, why? Well, because they were incredibly despotic <laughs> and they tortured and they tortured the Christians, right? So, so this is so. So the Babylon that tortured the saints of Israel in many generations, a couple hundred years past. That name is applied to Rome, and this is just kind of the way that uh, that revelations does things, right? Let's see uh, twenty. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. And huge hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds. Uh, dropped from heaven on people until they cursed God for the plague of the hail. So fearful was that plague. Now, if one of those hundred-pound hailstones fell on you, you would not live long enough to curse God. Uh, I think we are getting the idea that we're not really looking forward to a massive hailstorm like this, but that these things are symbolic. Are we getting that idea? I hope that we're getting that idea. Chapter 17. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come. I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute. Okay, now it's, uh, that's an alternate uh, 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 translation. It's going to say whore. I don't know uh, that 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 um, term is so charged that, uh, that I think prostitute is better. And you can tell from her activities that this is this is sex for gain and to and for the intent to attract, entrap, and defile others. There's a there's a not just personal gain, but perversely to try and hurt other people. Um, this is uh, this is what she's doing, and and the Greek word, of course, is porné. Porné. This is where we get uh, some relevant uh, English English words. Okay, so um, uh, let's see. The, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, which again, seventy-seven, we know is many lands, many kingdoms. Right. With whom the kings of the earth have engaged in sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose prostitution the inhabitants of the earth have become drunk. So he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. Yep. Yeah, we, we, we get this, uh, seven heads and ten horns. Are we seeing the same figure again and again? Sure we are, yep. The woman was clothed in purple, now get this, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, and holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of a prostitution. And on her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, Mother of Whores and earth Abominations. Okay, Did, uh, maybe I ran through that too fast. Maybe everything here is too fast. Uh, but how is she dressed? How is she dressed? Let's go back through it. What What is she dressed as? Maybe it's a better way to say it. She's dressed in purple and scarlet. Where do we see that? The garment of the high priest, the temple veil, okay. adorned with gold and jewels and pearls. Uh, what does the high priest have on his on his chest? He has all the jewels, the twelve jewels engraved with the names of the of the twelve tribes, et cetera, et cetera, right. Holding in her hand, what a golden cup. Okay, so, the, so all the temple. Uh, vessels, the the cups and things that they would pour out a libation. In this case, pour out the drink. You know, if you're going to go, if you're going to pour uh, the wine offering on the altar, or water offering on the altar, etc., like that, oil offering on the altar, you're not going to do it out of a common cup. You're going to do it out of one of the gold temple vessels. So she's got a counterfeit of that because it's not the offering that symbolizes. Christ, or symbolizes the mother, or anything like that. It's, uh, it's full of abominations and impurities of her prostitution. And now you guessed it. What's on her forehead? What's written on her forehead? Well, not the name of Yahweh, right? But a mystery, Babylon, the great mother of horrors and of earth's abominations. So everything here is counterfeit. She's a counterfeit high priest, right? Verse 6, and I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the witnesses to Jesus, right? Okay. When I saw her, I was greatly amazed. But the angel said to me, Why are you so amazed? I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to ascend from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will be amazed when they see the beast, because it was and is not and is to come now. Think about the think about the name that's been given repeatedly to the Father. He that was and is and yet to come. Well, this is just a little twist from that, right? It's the it's the beast that uh, that was and is to, and is to come, but is not. <laughs> um, so it's this is part of that whole trick of um, seeming to be put to get to put to death and coming back to life. It's that same it's that same imagery. It's that deception, that miraculous-seeming deception that fools the nations into worshiping the beast. Verse 9, this calls for a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Now, there's two, two interesting things here that I think are important and relevant. When Enoch journeys to Eden, he sees in the distance the throne of God, formed by seven mountains. And these mountains are covered with the spice trees from which the sacred incense is made, right? So this is, this is the Garden of Eden, and, and it's made of seven mountains in this vision. This is a vision that everyone, uh, all the Christians would have known. This was, is this was their scripture, right? Well, this is a counterfeit, right? <laughs> The other thing is that uh that this is this is Rome. Why? Uh because Rome was originally built on seven hills. That's the that was their ancient tradition. Well, there are seven hills. Um and, and it's the tradition of the Christians that this is um that this is what is why it's referring to it that way, the seven mountains or the seven hills within the, in the city walls of Rome. But it's not exclusively Rome. We should not think that uh, that all this is over because things happen again and again, right? It's just Rome is just one more iteration of the same, uh, the same brutal story of uh, one one king and kingdom after another. Okay, let's see. This is still verse nine. Seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Also, they are seven kings, of whom five have fallen. One is living, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain only a little while. So these are these are emperors, and you can look and see who that is. It's not important here because they're gone. Verse eleven. As for the beast that was was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom. So they're future kings, right? But they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. So this is these are future developments to happen. As I say, there's no end. There's no end to these kingdoms of the beast. Uh you know, they reign today, the same as they did ever, right? Thirteen, these are united in yielding their power and authority to the beast. They will wage war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with, him are, those with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he said to me, The waters that you saw where the horde is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. Like we said. Sixteen, and the ten horns that you saw, they are... Uh, they and the beast will hate the whore. They will make her desolate and naked. They will devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out this purpose by agreeing to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. The woman that you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. So there's no surprise. Ah, Well, Rome is going to it's gonna to happen to Rome like it happened to uh, to Jerusalem, right And this is what Jeremiah said, uh, Jeremiah 4:30 speaking to Jerusalem, you, when you are made desolate, what will you do? Though you clothe yourself with scarlet, you hear these echoes right? Though you clothe yourself with scarlet, though you deck yourself with ornaments of gold and you hear this the way that she was that she was, um, that she was uh, dressed up, though you enlarge your eyes with makeup, you make yourself beautiful in vain. Your lovers despise you. They seek your life, and uh, this is the uh, this is the self-devouring kingdom um, of the world and of Satan. All right, we'll leave it there and go on to verse or to chapter 18 in the next section. Coming right at you.